Mother's Day. Oh, wait, wait. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to wake up this morning. We got some great stuff going today. But before we jump in, I just want to honor all the mamas in the room. And I know if you're a mama in the room, you're tired. You're tired. <laughs> you're like, because how many of you know mamas work pretty hard? Oh, come on. Mamas work pretty hard. Um, and, uh, and we just want to say thank you. So here's what we're going to do. Because we know you're tired. If you're a mama, you stay seated. Everybody else, let's give the mamas a big standing ovation. Come on. Come on. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on. Yeah. Oh, keep going. They did more than that. Yeah. Yes. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. I, I, I just thank God that we have a day that we get to honor mamas. So uh, make sure you do that. Y'all know Mother's Day is not just Sunday morning. It's kind of all day. Matter of fact, I, uh, I, I got to do this. I, I was going to put it on the screen, but I saw this picture online. It says this, Mother's Day is Sunday. Be sure you remind your wives to have all the cleaning and laundry done by Saturday evening so that she can enjoy her special day. Come on. <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> so, so let her enjoy her special day. You know, I thank God for my mom. I, I think about that uh, and... and uh, it's such an amazing thing because my mama is the one that really constantly massaged and put in me a, a love for lost people. She loves the lost. My mom put a heart in me for missions and for people groups around the world that don't know Jesus. And uh, I'll I, I be honest, I know we say this and you're like, yeah, in a physical way, it might be true. But it is true in a spiritual way that for me, if it wasn't for my mom and her love for Jesus and her love for lost people and her love for missions, there is no way I would be doing what I'm doing today. God used her in a massive way in my life. And I just thank God for my mama. I do. I really, really do. Um, so before I get all emotional about that, <laughs> uh, are y'all ready for the word? Ah, we are going to jump in. And uh, we have a lot to cover in a short amount of time. I am so excited about this series. We started last week. Everybody say it, our great, oh, y'all going to have to do better than that, our great, <laughs> and some of you are like, our great salvation, no, no, if you understand what it is, you're going to do the happy dance, right, I mean, it's just true, it's how Jesus saves us from beginning to end, uh, it is so, so good. And what we're talking about over just a few weeks literally could be years of study. I hope y'all understand that. Because, Jared mentioned this last week, this literally is the theme of the entire Bible beginning to end. Y'all know that? It's all, it is a 4,000 year written history of how God, for 4,000 years, orchestrated a plan to rescue Victor. And that should blow your mind. That he orchestrated. Sometimes we think, well, there was a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament, but I'm going to tell you, he's the same God. 
He wasn't any different. We get that distorted sometimes, but it's all his plan. How many of you know God is eternal? That means, see, sometimes we think eternal means future. Eternal means past, present, and future. That's eternal. So often we just think of, well, eternity is just what's ahead of us. No, eternity started long before us. Come on, right? I, I mean, it is, he is eternal. He is eternal. He is past, present, and future. And he is the orchestrator of salvation, our great salvation, right? Okay, look at somebody and say, you're going to have to put your thinking cap on this morning. Go ahead, tell them that. Tell them that. You're going to have to put your thinking cap on this morning. Because we're going to walk through, I hope you got your notes. If you didn't get notes, you're going to have to find something to write on. Because we're going to dig into some really cool kind of stuff. I, I really, see, if, if, if God is eternal and he is the orchestrator of salvation, I want you to think about this. He is past, present, and what? Therefore, salvation is past, present, and future. Just hang with me. Don't throw rocks yet. All right? Salvation. He is the orchestrator. It is past, present, and future. <laughs> now, we could spend a lot of time on that. I'm going to show you just a few things about that. So, salvation, <laughs> is that, this is how it works. Salvation in the past is, it's the nature of God. God was, the scripture says, God was and is and, y'all remember that scripture? It's like five times in Revelation. It says, God was he is, and he is to come. He is eternal. Was, is, and is to come. All right. So, how does that relate to what we call salvation? All right. Here's how it works. As a person that has put my faith and trust in Jesus, all right, the one that has believed in him, I have been saved. Everybody say, have been. Anybody in the room have been saved? Oh, come on. You have been saved. There was a time in the past that you put your faith and trust in Jesus, and you have been rescued. Right? Anybody? All right. But how many of you know? We are being saved right now. Right? We are being saved. Now, I'm going to explain that. And how many of you know, sometime in the future, we actually will be saved as well. Salvation has all of these elements to it. I have been saved. We are being saved. And I will be saved saved. Are y'all still with me? Are y'all ready for the next step? All right. So, uh, I have been saved from the penalty of sin. Amen? Right? Here's the thing. Sin carried weight. God said, and I'm going to repeat this later because I want you to get it. God said, if you eat of the fruit, you will die. The weight of that is death. The weight of sin. Scripture says it was by sin that death entered the world. All right? So, there was a penalty of death. But because I have been saved, I've been saved from that penalty. I am being saved... 
by the power of sin or over the power of sin. Anybody? I am being saved. Anybody in the room have no struggle with any sin ever? If you're in the room, come and take my place. You're more qualified than I am. No, you'd just be a liar, right? That's all. <laughs> because, and we're going we're gonna to look at that. I am presently being saved from the power of sin. Come on, right? <laughs> and one day, I'm even going to be saved from the presence of sin when I get to heaven. Come on. No sin, no shame. I'm going to be saved from the presence of sin. So how does that play out? All right, y'all hang with me. When I was saved, right? When I was saved at seven years old, Herb Shreve led me to the Lord at a little church in Cove. And I can remember, it's like at seven years old, it was real to me. And at seven years old, my spirit was saved. Come on. I have been saved since I was seven. Y'all get that? The penalty of my sin was saved. It was paid for, and my spirit was saved. But presently... I am being saved from the power of sin in my mind, will, and emotions. Does that make sense? See, we confuse it sometimes, and we think, well, my soul was saved. We, we hear those songs about our soul being saved. My spirit was saved. My soul is being saved. My mind, will, and emotions is being saved. Daily, if I let him, daily, the Spirit of God that made my spirit brand new at seven continues to transform my mind, my will, and my emotions into the image of Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, come on. Are you hearing me? It wasn't I was absolutely perfect in my mind, will, and emotions at seven years old. Are y'all hearing me? But the Spirit of God in me that has the power over sin in my mind, will, and emotions has been transforming, the Scripture would say, my flesh. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> it's transforming. It is a work of Jesus today that was paid for then, right? It was paid for. I have the power. Some people don't understand this, that Christians are the only ones that have power over sin. So why should it shock us when lost people act lost? Paul actually says, some of you don't believe me. But Paul actually said, he said, he said that, that you were a slave to sin. But because of the Spirit of God in you, now you are free, so act like you're free. <laughs> Live like you're free. Are y'all still with me? Did I lose you already? We hadn't even got to the... I mean, this, yeah, this is good stuff. Love it, love it, love it. So, so here's the thing. I have been saved from the penalty of sin. He has saved my spirit when I was seven. He continues to save, work in by the power of Jesus in my life, my mind, will, and emotions. And hallelujah, one day, even my body is going to be perfected. Right? <laughs> I don't even know what that, it couldn't get any better. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Boy, could it, right? <laughs> this one hurts in the morning. Anybody else? Uh, love it. So, what does that mean? What does that mean? Here's the deal. If, if we, we must understand, 
what he did for us in the past or we will not live. Matter of fact, let me say it like this. We will live a distorted view of our presence. If we don't understand the, what he did, what some would call the finished work of Jesus on the cross, if we don't understand what he did, then we really have a distorted view of what today is like, and, and we really don't understand the future either. When we, I'll say it like this, when we understand the past, what Jesus did, what salvation actually did for us, when we understand what has been done, we will have peace in the present. We will have peace in the present. Right now, we'll have peace. When we understand what he did in the past, we'll have peace. And how many of you know, we can have faith and hope for the future. But here's where so many believers live. When we don't understand the past, when we don't understand what he purchased for us here, we live with pressure in the present. Am I doing enough for God to love me? Am I serving enough? Am I doing all the right things? See, when we don't understand this, this today becomes all about what I can do for God to approve of me. It becomes works-based. I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to check all the boxes, and I got to be good enough, and I got to be. And when you live in pressure in the presence, it leads to fear for the future. What if I'm not good enough? Will I really go to heaven when I die? Are y'all are with me? We must understand what he did so we can live in peace today and in hope for the future. Not in pressure, not in fear of, oh, did I check all the boxes? Because so much of our lives, we feel like we have to perform. We have to be good enough. All right, so do I have your attention? Or did you already check out? Come on. All right. I am going to give you some nuggets along the way, and then we're going to put them together at the end. Okay? So you may go, how does this all fit? Hopefully, it'll fit at the end. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, there's a lot of big churchy words. We don't use a lot of big churchy words around here, but there's a lot of big churchy words that explain what we're talking about in this whole series. Uh, the word saved that Jared talked about last week, we said we're going to use the word what? What was all last week about rescue, right? It's being rescued. So, so salvation is rescued. Other words that's used in the scripture is justified, sanctified, big churchy words, accepted, redeemed, forgiven. <laughs> but the one I want to focus on a little bit today that talks so much in the scripture about relating to salvation is the word reconciled. Everybody say reconciled reconciled, all right, and, and it's a very, very interesting word, it really is, when I put my faith and trust, I, when I believe with all that I am in Jesus, I have been, according to the scripture, past tense, I have been reconciled to God what the scripture says. Matter of fact, let's, let's look at it, all right? It says, all this is from who? Oh, come on, y'all don't go sleep on me yet. 
All this is from And what does he do? He reconciled us to himself through who? Christ. And gave us, passed on, that ministry of reconciliation. What a big word, right? We are, we are, it says, from God, who reconciled, duh. Everybody say, duh. Reconciled, that is a past tense. Do y'all see that? He has reconciled. <laughs> this is so good if you'll grab it. It's already done. Come on. It's past tense. He reconciled us. He reconciled Victor to himself through Jesus. Reconciled. So write this down. Jesus rescued us by satisfying or reconciling our debt. This is the next step. Different view of salvation. That, that Jesus rescued us. He saved us by reconciling, and you may want to put that word up there too, reconciling or satisfying our debt. All right, so punch somebody, say, you got to get this next part, all right? All right, don't hurt them, just punch them, all right? The words in the Bible that are used, now get this, don't get offended at me, this is just the truth, all right? The words Reconciled, justified, the word forgiven, all three of those words, Jesus did not make up those words. Jesus used those words, the word reconciled, the word justified, the word forgiven. Jesus borrowed those words from the banking industry. Those words already existed. And they were all banking terms. That Jesus used so that we could understand. Like a banking transaction. That we could understand a spiritual transaction. Does that make sense? Are y'all... Don't, don't get mad yet, all right? You'll have more opportunity in a minute. Um, but he, he borrowed those words. Those were not spiritual or churchy words in origin. They were normal, everyday words that Jesus used so the audience would understand what he's talking about. And all of those words were connected to a debt-debtor relationship. Justified, forgiven, reconciled were all words that had to do with debt and debtor. Anybody in the room familiar with debt? Oh, come on. You know how debt works, right? Right? So, follow me. Please, please follow me. I don't have time to dig all these things out, but this will rock your world if you'll just hang on to it, all right? I'm just going to read it like the Lord gave it to me, and I hope you'll, you'll grab it. So here, here we go. In the beginning, God made Adam and Eve, and he made them good in his image. Amen, oh me, you're crazy, say something, all right? All right, so... So, he made them, initially they were made in his image. But when they sinned, the sin was against God. Am I right? Okay. Think about it like this. I had never thought about it, and this has clicked in my head. It exploded in my head. That God had given Adam and Eve everything on the planet 
for their good. Do y'all believe that? It was all theirs. They owned it. He gave it to them free and clear. No debt. Are y'all hearing me? (laughs) Except the tree. Actually, there were two trees, but we don't have time to dig into that. All right? There was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But specifically, he told them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why did he tell them not not to eat of it? Because it wasn't theirs. Everything else was theirs. That was God's. Are y'all hearing me? So he said, leave that one alone. That one's not yours. Leave that one alone. So when they took, just follow me, when they took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they in essence stole from God. It wasn't theirs. Am I wrong about that? No, it wasn't theirs. They stole, they took what was not theirs for themselves. So if I stole something from you, if you got a car, you know, or a new truck, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take it. If I take it and I crash it, the law would demand that I am in debt to you. Is that not correct? Right? So when Adam and Eve took what was not theirs to have, they instantly entered into sin. And sin is about the debt. Think about that. They took what wasn't theirs, and now they're in debt to God. All right? Are are y'all still with me? Just follow me. They're in debt to God. What did God say the payment for that debt would be? If you eat of the fruit, you will die. He was talking about a spiritual death that ultimately would become a physical death. But so they took what was not theirs, they ate it, and death entered. The debt for what they took was on them. What was it that they took from? What was the name of the tree? Good and evil. So the debt, how many of you know the debt is relative to the payment? Isn't that that true? Right? So here's, here's the thing. The debt was related to good and evil. Y'all still follow me? Because it was related to the tree of good and evil. So God had to take something that was good, something that was without evil, and he had to kill the thing that was good to cover up the evil. And that's what he did for Adam and Eve. He took an animal, he killed it, the animal was innocent. The blood had to be spilled to cover the debt of death. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me? I know this is crazy, but just walk. walk cause like I said, so cool when you, when you grab it. Okay, so until, until it was covered, until God made a covering for Adam and Eve, He sacrificed the first animal to cover, all through the Old Testament, it talks about covering the sin. Covering the sin. He covered it because he is a holy God. 
And because he is holy and pure, he cannot be in the presence of sin. So the only way they could have a right relationship with God was for the sin to be covered up. Right? Right? Okay. So the way that, the way that worked is with any debt, there's a couple of ways of addressing it. And I'm going to have to hurry. I'm going to run out of time. Um, you can, with a debt, most lenders will let you pay the interest and the interest satisfies the debt. As long as you, well, let me, let me say it like this. This might, this might help. Because what it was in the Old Testament, the animals that were sacrificed paid the interest payment every year. But the debt remained. The debt of death still remained. But every year as the sacrifice of the animal, the blood would make an interest payment. When an interest payment was made, they were in right standing with the debtor, the one they owed. Are y'all with me? Maybe, maybe, maybe this will help. All the work of sacrificing through the Old Testament was what the minimum payment required. Y'all understand minimum payment? Y'all understand you live like that sometimes, right? What is the minimum payment required to walk with God? The minimum payment that was required to just cover up the debt, not pay the debt, but cover the debt. What was the minimum payment Required, well, it was a sacrifice of something innocent, something good to cover their evil. Remember, it was the tree of good and evil. Okay, so the way that works, <laughs> well, I'll say it like this. Um, God was, now put that on hold, all right, I'm jumping. God was and is and will always be, say it with me, 100% loving, 100% mercy, and 100% just all at the same time. <laughs> I don't have time to get into that, but he is 100% loving. God is love, not has love, but is love. His very nature is love. Mercy, the definition of mercy is someone not getting what they deserve. If you don't get what you don't, if you don't get what you deserve, that's mercy. Just is somebody getting what they deserve. So God is 100% giving us what we, what we don't deserve and giving us what we do deserve at the same time. <laughs> like, how does that work? He is. Everybody say, he is just. Hmm. He is just. Right, right. The, well, if he was not just, he has to be just. If, if he is not 100% giving you what you deserve, then he's not truthful. It, he cannot ignore the debt, or he's not truthful, he's a liar, he can't ignore the debt, because he's 100% just, he can't just pretend that the debt, is there, he can't. Think about it like this. Just or justice means equal. That the scales of Lady Justice, it's balancing the scales of justice. That's what that's all about. Just literally means equal. To be just. To have just us. 
means that it is equal. In other words, the, the penalty and the crime are equal. Isn't that what justice means? Like to whatever the crime was, that, that the payment for that be equal. Are y'all, are y'all still there? All right. So that, that's, and let, let me say it like this. The Bible, the Bible uses a couple of words to describe sin. One of those words is transgression. Big churchy word, transgression, that, that is sin. Transgression is the act, the physical act of sin. That's a transgression. It, it has the same root word as trespass. Trespass means you go where you don't belong. Y'all have seen those signs, right? No trespassing. In other words, you don't belong here. That's sin. Sin is I don't belong here. Right? It's a trespass. When I act out in my sin, when I do it, it's the act. It is a transgression. It is a trespassing where I do not belong, where I'm not supposed to be. Another word that's used is the word iniquity. And it means not equal to. Inequity. It means it's not equal to. Iniquity in the scripture, I know this is big churchy. Are y'all still with me? All right. So iniquity is the inside of us. Anything inside of us. Anything in my mind, my will, and my emotions, and my spirit prior to Jesus, right? But anything in me that is not equal to God or has equity with God is sin. Anything that doesn't line up with the nature and character of who God is, is iniquity in me. That's why Jesus said, you think if you murder somebody that that's it? I say, Jesus says, no, 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 no. Even if you think about it, you've already done it. Because it's what's on the inside of us is iniquity. Okay? It's not equal to God. Anything that is not equal to God or equal to his nature and character of who he is, is iniquity. All through the Old Testament, the payments were made by the shedding of blood on a regular basis, but the debt was still there. They could have a relationship with God because the debt was covered by the payment. But here's the thing. The only way, it was only covered, it was interest payments on the debt. Because that animal did not have equity or equality or equal to the debt. All the animal could do was cover an interest payment. That's all it could do. But think about this. The only way the debt could be paid in full was for the payment to be equal to God. And how many of you know, on our best day, we are not equal to God. So it was a debt that was absolutely impossible for us to pay. Because the only way the debt could be satisfied is because the debt was against God. The debt had to be satisfied with something equal to And the good news is, that's what made Jesus the perfect sacrifice. Because he was equal to God. Oh, come on. Give him praise. That is like, <laughs> Jesus comes along and the scripture says he abolished the debt. Not just covered it up with a little blood. 
but with his blood, wipe it out. Gone. Gone. That is so, so cool. Matter of fact, here it is. It says, and by that will, we have been made, we have been, have been, everybody say, have been. Made what? Holy. Oh, you're holy. Your spirit has been made holy through the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. Everybody say it. Once for all. Come on. Once for all. He paid, abolished the debt once for all because he had equality, equity. He wasn't just the pay interest payment. He paid it all. It's by the work, the finished work of Jesus on the cross that my debt is paid. Is paid. I am no longer a slave to sin. My freedom has been paid. So why would I act like I'm still under the weight of that sin? He did all the work. My part is to believe, put my trust in the fact that his payment was enough for my past sin, for my present sin, and even enough for my future sin. That his payment abolished my debt. I love, I was singing this song all week long, and don't throw rocks at me because I love this song. It says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. And, and, and I was like, you know what? I love that. Matter of fact, Nathan and I, I, I mentioned it to him. I said, I love, I'm singing this song. But here's the thing. And this is going to hurt your head. Jesus paid it all, period. I don't owe him anything. That's going to stretch it. Sin had left a crimson stain, but by his grace and his goodness, it's been washed as white as snow. It is a gift. And when someone gives you a gift, you don't owe them. Because he did all the work. It's out of our love and gratitude for what he has done <laughs> that we desire to serve him. Come on. <laughs> but I don't owe him because he paid it. He is 100% just. And he took the payment, the penalty that I deserved and put it on his son. And said, now Victor... Don't deserve it because my boy paid it once for all. That should make you want to shout. <laughs> once for all. <laughs> Maybe this will help. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to read these next two verses. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his re religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin, because it just covered it, made a payment. That's all it did. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered all for all time one sacrifice for sin, then he sat down at the right hand of God. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Once 
for all. He paid. So it didn't have to do it over and over and over again. He paid it. Maybe this will help. God loves us so much that he would make the first sacrifice of an animal for Adam and Eve to cover the minimum payment so that they could have a relationship with him. But then he would send his son who had equality, equity, and sacrifice his son to literally wipe out and destroy my debt. Man. This, this might help. I, I think I've got time. I, I, I want to show you about a five-minute clip of, uh, from the movie Narnia. Anybody ever seen it? Uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. I, I encourage you to see us. An incredible movie. Um, but in this little clip that we're going to show, uh, think about this. The lion is Jesus. The lion is Jesus. Say that. The lion is Jesus. The witch is Satan, right? And Peter is me. Think about it like that. Let's go. Is it going to work? Yeah. Edmund. We have to turn it up. My name is Philip. Sorry. The witch has demanded a meeting with Aslan. She's on her way here. have a traitor in your midst, Aslan. His offense was not against you. Have you forgotten the laws upon which Narnia was built? Do not cite the deep magic to me, witch. I was there when it was written. Then you'll remember well that every traitor belongs to me. His blood is my property. Try and take him then. Do you really think that mere force will deny me my right? Little king. Aslan knows that unless I have blood as the law demands, all of Narnia will be overturned and perish in fire and water. That boy will die on the stone table. As is tradition. You dare not refuse me. Enough. I shall talk with you alone. She has renounced her claim on the son of Adam's blood. How do I know your promise will be kept?
Aslan. What have they done? She might have interpreted the deep magic differently. That when a willing victim who has committed no treachery is killed in a traitor's stead, the stone table will crack. And even death itself would turn backwards. We sent the news that you were dead. Peter and Edmund will have gone to war. We have to help them. We will, dear one. But not alone. Climb on my back. We have far to go. And little time to get there. And you may want to cover your ears. The debt had to be paid. No way around it. But the Son of God, who was the perfect sacrifice died to pay my debt I deserve death hell and the grave that was my penalty But he stepped in and said, not today, Satan. Today I'm going to pay for Victor's death, for the hell he deserved. For the grave that forever separates us. And God the Father said, you're the only one that can do anything but just make a payment. You're the only one that can actually wipe his debt. Past, present, future, done. So think about this. Have I accepted his payment for my debt of sin? Or maybe you, you accepted, you have been saved. You can go back to that time when you ask him to save your spirit come into your life to forgive you to forgive you the debt but but maybe you're still living like you owe him a debt you're still trying to work enough be good enough or am I truly walking in the victory that he paid I got to think sometimes it breaks his heart. He paid for victory and we're moping around like you're just, it's like, no, no. Where do you fit in that? I want you to think about it. Do business with God right now. I want you to just close your eyes for just a moment. And if you know that you know that you know that you have accepted his payment for your debt of sin, you remember the time. If that's you, and you know that he's paid it in full, you remember that time you accepted it, that you have 
been saved. I want you just to look at me right now as a confession. Just look at me. Yeah. I just want to see your eyes. Yeah, you have been. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. You can put your heads right back down. Maybe maybe this morning you're like, yeah, but I'm not sure. Can I just tell you, Paul says, we can know that we know. We can know that we know. And if you don't know for sure, I'm just going to ask you right where you are just to say, Jesus, I accept what you did on the cross as payment for my death, my hell, my grave. And I give you all my junk in the best trade ever. I trade all of my stuff for your righteousness. I accept that payment. If you've never done that before, but that's what's going on right now, and you just want to pray, I want you just to look at me right now. Just look at me. I just want to pray for you. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Jesus, you see where we are. Holy Spirit, I pray that you minister your goodness and your grace to every one of us, wherever we are in this journey. Father, for those that are, have committed themselves to you and have given their junk for your payment, pray, Father, that before they leave this room, they'll talk to somebody, they'll pray with somebody, they'll nail down what the Holy Spirit's doing. And I thank you. Jesus I want to ask you to look up here one more time and then we're going to sing think about this Jesus did the work on the cross and by his what oh it's by his grace I am what is that true I am saved here's what that means I am saved I am rescued. I am redeemed right now. I am justified right now. Right now, I am seated with God in heavenly places. Everybody say, right now. I am free from the debt and the weight of all my junk. Amen.